Uh, happy Tuesday, everybody. It's uh, Bob McCown. It's John Shannon on the Bob McCown podcast. Also available on uh, Sirius XM channel 167. You all right today, Shani? Doing great. I mean, I'm fully wired for uh, the All-Star game. I, I watched the Home Run Derby last night. I don't know how you I, I watched like 10 minutes of it. I just, I don't know how you can watch more than that. I just over and over again, whack, whack, whack. Actually, whack. you know what? You know what, Bob? You know what? I, I, I had, I had a very urgent um, uh, errand to run during the Derby last night. Oh, no. So I turned it on. I turned it on on the radio. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, I know. It's on the radio. It's on Sirius. What? It was on Sirius XM. It was on Major League Baseball. Well, I'm not surprised that it's on. I'm, what I'm shocked <laughs> but, at is that you listened to it. No, you I don't know because I want car no, because and, no because change the channel so yeah, that you could I hear did. it. Yeah, because I wanted to know what the play-by-play sounded like. <laughs> back, 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 back. There's back, a hit, back, 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 back. Gone. Back, back, back. And then it was, there's a long over one. Over there's again. a long Over and over and over again. There are some things that I love. Like, I love sitting in my backyard, working in the backyard on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday, listening to Major League Baseball. Oh, I used to listening. do it all the time. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. But... But uh, I was just curious to listen to the home run derby on radio. You know, and by the way, I love listening to golf on radio. Uh, Sirius XM do a fantastic job on their PGA channel of golf on the radio. And, and so, oh, no, Please. it's no, it's I've good. listened to it. It's boring as batshit. No way. Oh, Why yes. Oh, come on. It's imagination. They use your imagination, man. Come on. I don't need to use my imagination anymore. I have a television. In fact, I got five yeah, or I, six I of can, them here. I and can, you, got, I can, you got a bunch of them behind you. I can multitask. You know, I can be outside and and listen to the guys. I it, it, it it's Golf is fine already, but the home run derby on radio, it lacks something. <laughs> well, well, we'll discuss uh, maybe not much the home run derby, but maybe some what? in the all-star game and some other things. Uh, Baseball today, Dave Hodge, Steve Simmons, join us. We'll uh, commence after these messages. McCown and Shannon back with you. It is uh, all-star break time in Major League Baseball. It used to be a, a fun, interesting time to look forward to, and now it's just four or five days with no baseball. That's really about blah. it. Blah. Now it's blah. Dave Hodge, Steve Simmons, joining us to chat a little bit about this. We're all about the same age. Um, do you grow up? Do you guys, you know, remember the days when the all-star game actually meant something, Haji? Um, more than it does now to me. Um, but it was always just, uh, a reason to be less interested in baseball and to wait for the races to start again. And traditionally it was a time to take stock of who was in the playoffs or who was, uh, leading the pennant race as it were. Yeah. Uh, and decide whether uh, those would be the teams that would be uh, would be in the World Series or in, in, in the playoffs, and it can still be that. And I guess uh, hopefully that's that's what we're here to talk about more than what will happen uh, in the All Star Game. And please let's not talk about what happened last night <laughs> because I have no interest in that. And um, I I read about who won. And I realize that the reason to talk about him is that he might get traded. Well, they, that, that was the talk last night. Whether he's going to get traded in the in the next fifteen days. He turned down four hundred and forty million dollars. Well, think I would too if I was him. You know, that's a you know. Think Washington was trying to get him on the cheap, I guess. Think about that for a moment. Four hundred and forty million, and he turned it down. Um, and to talk about why I don't care much about the all-star game anymore or was we grew up when national league was national league and American league was American league. And the only time you saw the two come together was in the world series and then the all-star game. Yeah. But now we get an interleague game every single day of the season. Well, so, you know, so the whole, the whole national league, American league, DH, no DH, all the all the different things that uh, there was no DH back then, but um, uh, all the th reasons that you sort of were interested in why the game was going on 
have disappeared over time. And as you see, even the players aren't that interested based on the number who don't show up. It's a very large number of players who said, I'm not going for yeah. whatever reason. So they're not that interested. We're not that interested. And, you know, I'm, I'm a home run derby sucker. Sorry, Dave. Uh, I watch it every year. I don't know why, but I do. Um, well, you might see another one decide the all-star game. It might be better than the game it will be tonight. So I have two reasons not to watch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you one of the reasons. Um, guy, you guys, you guy, you you old curmudgeons, come on now. There, this is a young man's sport now. Come on, this is you got to have some fun. It's not a young well, man's sport. That's what it want. They want to be. No, it needs to be a young man's sport again. Well, I agree. I'll tell you why I used to I used to love the All Star Game. You, we got to remember that when we were young, we got generally one baseball game a week. We got a Saturday afternoon baseball game. And we didn't get a chance to see Juan Marichal, Sandy Koufax, um, you know, all the, all the great players out there, um, Willie Mays. I mean, maybe you got to see them once a year, but the All-Star Game was a chance to see all these guys together. And that's what, that's what interested me. And, 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 and I, I also got the feeling that there was a pride thing, whether there was or there wasn't. I thought it was generally a real baseball game. The starters usually played six or seven innings. Pitchers pitched, starting pitchers pitched three. Um, you know, so many things have changed to mitigate my interest in, in the All-Star game, but mostly because I got a chance to see the great players. And the other thing, and I raised this earlier or in the last few days, uh, are we happy with the way fans essentially select the All-Star team where guys who have three good months get to be all-stars. My recollection was the great players were always going to be there. You know, there'd be a sprinkling of new guys, but you knew Willie Mays was going to play every year until he stopped playing. And, um, well, I'll write down the list. Any comments on that, David? Well, I, you know, I, I think what we're saying um, is that it used to matter because, a lot of baseball fans were either American League fans or National League fans because of the way that the game was played in, in each league. Um, and so if you hated the DH, then you hoped that the National League won. And if you, if you loved the DH, uh, or if you were in an American League city, then you didn't like the well, National yeah. League. Or if you were a Mets fan uh, and not a Yankees fan, you hoped the National League won. I just don't think there's there are fans of, of either league anymore, in part because, um, you know, it's all one, really. Uh, but who wins or loses, doesn't, I don't think it matters much, even to the players who are playing. But it's, but it, but it's even more than that. Um, as Bob pointed out earlier, there used to be a game Saturday afternoon that we all tuned into with a game of the week on NBC or whatever network it happened to be. And that was the national game. And then maybe you had, in Canada, you had two Expos games a week, one on Wednesday and one on, on Saturday or Sunday. And it was the same when the Jays came into existence. Now, if you are like me, or I suppose like you guys, and you have the baseball package, you get every single game, every single night from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so what's happened is the national game and, and baseball realizes this is a problem. The national game that they try and, and run, whether it be on ESPN or whatever network, doesn't draw people, doesn't draw interest. There is no interest because every single night I can watch the Yankees or I can watch the Red Sox or I can watch exactly. the Dodgers or I can watch whoever I want. It's almost what's happened is, is that the local market has become what used to be the national game. The local market is big in, in a lot of places, Toronto being one of them, because it's a national market. I think Toronto has the largest television market uh, in the entire, uh, at all of baseball. When you look at the numbers. Same in basketball, Steve. Same in basketball, too. No, but in basketball, they don't do ratings that compare to the United States. Like, if you look at the Yankees ratings right now, and you look at the Blue Jay ratings, the Blue Jays draw more fans watching on a nightly basis than the Yankees do. And so mm -hmm. all the things that we you know, used to deal with, we wanted to see the Red Sox and the Yankees on a national game. You wanted to see the Dodgers and the Cardinals or whoever it happened to be. 
Well, we can see that, you know, it's like going to a buffet. The food's all in front of you all the time. And so that, that national game or that all-star game or that other thing doesn't matter much. As for Bob's uh, um, comment about the, the fan voting, um, there's a fair bit of resentment uh, elsewhere in Major League Baseball that uh, the Blue Jays get national voting right. coast to coast. Um, and uh, maybe some Blue Jays get more votes than they deserve. Um, I'm on record as thinking Vladimir Guerrero should not be starting an all-star game at first base for the American League this season. Uh, he is there because he received the most votes. Um, I don't think there's another reason he's there. Um, I think there are three or four other American League first basemen who've had better so-called first halves than Guerrero. But some people will say, and Bob, you, you, you may agree, the stars ought to be there. So never mind that Ty, Ty France of the Mariners is as valuable as a, uh, an American League player can be, uh, given especially what Seattle's done recently. Um, who's Ty France? You want to see Vladimir Guerrero in the All-Star game. So I guess I get that. But based on performance... Uh, I don't think Guerrero should be there, but he's there because all these Canadians are Blue Jays fans and vote for him. And that's the way the system works. Well, I would, uh, and I've said this before. I, I mean, there's six Blue Jays that are going. I actually would let, I, I, I'm okay with Guerrero going, Dave. Um, I'm okay with Manoa only because he's been so exceptional, um, both last year and this year. And Springer's career, I think, warrants him going. Romano, Kirk, Espinal, no. I mean, Kirk's had a great three months. Um, Espinal is a, a decent player, but not an all-star. And Romano is a relief pitcher. That, and I, I know he wasn't originally selected, but I don't think he's been that extraordinary. But find a catcher who's been better than Kirk. Yeah, but again... There's For me, an, an all-star, you got I, I, I want to take at least two years. I want to take, I don't want to look at what he's done over three months. I want to see the, the last two seasons at minimum. And Kirk hasn't been here for two seasons. So who has the, that you would rather see in the all-star game? I, I don't, I haven't delved that deeply into it, unfortunately. Because it's too. the weakest position you can imagine uh, in, in, in baseball. There's, you know, he, he's there, I think, on merit, but also on the fact that there's nobody, you know, the backup is Jose Trevino, who plays half the games for the Yankees, used to play for Texas. And if he didn't play for the Yankees, you wouldn't know mm -hmm. who he is. But Kirk won't but play you, half the games for the Blue Jays. But, the rest but, of the but, year. but listen, but you, you, you guys have you guys have, have really explained to me the balloting for you two, Dave and Bob, you have different criteria, period. You have different because because I I would suggest that David you want all stars from this season mm -hmm. and Bob you want all stars with legacy. That's and, the difference between the the way and and Steve I'm not sure where you want it. I think you'd go somewhere in between. And 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 the th thing is when you're voting I don't care if it's an all star vote or you're voting for a, a political party, or you're voting for your, your union, or whatever whatever it is you're voting for, every person has different criteria. And so everyone's going to take a different approach. You know, I, I don't like the ballot stuffing thing that goes on. It goes on in Toronto. We know that. They, they, you know, they encourage ballot stuffing. I don't, I don't care much for that. But no two people are going to have the same approach, as we've just seen with, with Guerrero, for example. I'm, a, I'm more on Bob's side with Guerrero because I want to see him in the all-star game because he's Guerrero, even though I've, I think he's had a terribly disappointing season. Um, I, I think the game's more fun when he's there. Um, but I don't care if Espinal or Romano or even as great a year as Kirk's having, I don't care if he's there or not because I think it's still time for him to become what he's going to become as a major league player. And I want you to be there when you've become what, as Bob points out, what it is you're going to be. The problem I have with Kirk is the, you know, he's got a short story, but he is not even going to catch half the games in the second half of the season. But he'll DH Hansen is going to be the primary he'll DH catcher. the other ones, Bob. Sorry? He'll DH the other ones, and he's, their, he's the leading hitter on the team. 
I get it. The best but now, part so put him in as the DH. This guy. But, he's, looked, but, but that's you're still sending him to the All Star game, though. The, the, the well, I don't know. Story, I'm not, but you know. Sorry, Steve. Go. That's part of the story is that this guy, who looks like he should be working on on Dave's house, um, is out there catching in the major leagues. Who you know has probably never been to the um, you know the conditioning coach or anything along those lines. He doesn't look anything like an athlete. He came out of nowhere. He you know they paid nothing to get him. And here he is hitting, you know, 320 or what it is he's hitting today. I, I think the best part about Kirk is the story. And, oh, and I agree. I mean, I, I love that part of it. You can't dismiss his performance. It's been extraordinary. He's been the best player, best offensive player by a fair bit on the Blue Jays. Although Gurriel has had a, a nice run and he's got mm-hmm. his average over 300 too. And now they're talking about dealing him. You know, we'll talk about that later. But it's not that. It's not. It, I'm not diminishing his per- performance. I'm just saying it hasn't been. I don't have a. I, the book isn't long enough on him for me to be an all star next year. If he's doing approximately the same thing, sure. And that's why in, I would I would tend to go Guerrero because Guerrero had such an extraordinary year last year. But Kirk's an attraction. Like if you want to watch the all star game, I'll give you that. You want to see personalities. You want to see interesting players. Uh, you want to see him again over any other catcher from the American League. Well, Shannon, you never deserves it. Shannon hasn't said very much here. What is, what's your opinion? Oh, because I'm I'm listening to uh, all you wise old men talk about uh, the the All Star game. I uh, first of all, I if it, if it wasn't for a corporate outing, I'm not sure there's a need for an all-star game anymore because of everything you guys have talked about. It's a, but now it's, you know, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the ratings are like. Uh, there was huge discussion this week uh, across the U S media world that perhaps this will be the first time that the home run derby will actually outrate the all-star game. And that would might put things in perspective. Um, you, you know, I, I just, I, and I say this for our all-star games in every league now. I, I don't know why we do them because it it now has been so watered down and diminished because of what Steve talked about off the top with every game's in my every game's in my family room already. Every game of every sport is in my family room. This um, was the one this was the one, John, that we did watch because it wasn't like hockey or basketball. But or but, but, but that was it but looked that, like the game. I yeah. long for the whales against the Campbells. Oh no, no, you listen. You, you, you loved you loved those day, those days, Dave. You well, let's go. Well, let's go back to that. I mean, would you? There was a time when the All Star Game in the in hockey was played as the first game of the season. It was the defending Stanley Cup champions against the All Stars. Was that real? Um. My my goodness, we are old, aren't we? Yeah, no, well, you we can remember that. I don't even remember that one. You don't? You don't. Hey, oh, Steve, David does. Shame on you. Yeah, yeah so I does John. Shame on you, that. Steve. <laughs> I mean, we, were, we were kids, but we watched that, and that was uh, there was interest in that, and the and the sense that I got was that <clears throat> excuse me, there was a game that mattered to those players. Well, that's. Well, we're back to, you know, how many players have opted out of this all-star game and a lot of all-star games for one reason. Uh, the team is more important and I want to rest up for, uh, yeah. for, for the, the, you know, the playoff race or I'm kind of hurting and I can, you know, I can use some treatment on my hip and, uh, the, you know, this kind of thing. Like, and, and then, <laughs> Not to get back to Alejandro Kirk, but there probably won't be a player who is happier to be in, in an all-star game than he is. So you, you, you get that side of it, too. But the veterans are, are quite happy to say, uh, I, I attach uh, little importance to this based on what lies ahead. And I think we as fans would have to agree that we're much more interested in what the Blue Jays do when the season resumes in Boston than we are. Of course. What happens tonight, whether the Blue Jays do anything tonight 
or not, because, uh, you know, every series uh, between the Jays and the Red Sox, Orioles, Rays, Yankees, and there are a lot of them the rest of the season, will determine everything for uh, for those teams. And one of them isn't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, but the, the, the only thing that, and again, Bob and I have been on this topic for the last 10 days, the only thing that 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 has bothered that bothers me is is that we talk more about this All Star game than we do about the players that actually are All Stars voted by, whether it's a blue ribbon panel by you know peers uh, that's put out at the end of the season you know whether whether it's the you know the nine the, the Gold Glove winners all together I mean and and there, because of the media attention at, on this event those players don't get near the attention they should, which is one of the reasons why you did like the all-star game when we were four or five years old. And it was the actual all-star teams that were playing against the Stanley cup champions. So that's, that to me is something that has really diminished the importance of that simple word all-star because all-star used to be an important word. How many times were you an all-star in the NHL? I was an all nine time all-star. Well, that was the team at the end of the year that said you were one of the best five skaters and the best goalie in the game. And we've that. Tell me how important that is. Tell me who the all-star team in the NHL was this year. And you have no clue, but you can talk to me about the all-star game. I know who the all-star team was, but that's another point. Uh, Dusty Baker, who manages the American upon naming his starting pitcher for the all-star game, admitted He'd never seen him pitch. Which he didn't I think have to. You. What? He doesn't. He doesn't have to. He just has to. Stats matter, Steve. Oh, I know stats matter, but I just think it was funny that you think of All Star well, games. You he's think a little of, busy. I think. I think of the greatest that you've ever seen. I. I remember. I remember one year. I, I wish I could tell you what year it was. Dave Winfield was there, and Ellis Valentine was there, and I can't remember who the other guys in right field were. But they decided they were going to have a throwing contest before the game from right field to home plate. And so here you had the guys. I'm, I'm not sure Clemente was around at that time. But here you had the guys with, like, the greatest arms that baseball's ever seen out there in right field. Jesse Barfield may have been there throwing home against each other before the, the game. I mean, that kind of stuff. You know, you don't see that anymore. They're too busy celebrating each other and, and jumping up and down and, and, and that kind of thing. You don't see those kind of baseball things, which were fun for me. I mean, I'm still, I'm you're not, that. You're not, that's 45 or, or 40 years later. You're not suggesting people can't have a good time, Steve. I'm Come going, on. Not at all. I, I, <laughs> okay, good. Because you're, you're Guerrero, any day of the week, he's having a good time every day. Good. You mean, because okay, you, mean those outfielders didn't think of throwing it through a tire? <laughs> it could have been like Rory McIlroy. They could have chipped into a, into a washer. Yes, as a kid, right. That was fun. That was fun. Well, you're talking about starting pitchers in the American League. What about the starting pitcher in the National League? Kershaw gets the start. I mean, Kershaw's having a good year, and Kershaw is a great pitcher who is almost assuredly going to go to the Hall of Fame. But why is he the starting pitcher for the National League? Because the game's in Los Angeles. If it was anywhere else, he's not the starting pitcher. And shouldn't it be Kershaw versus Otani? Well, Two that was, I mean, I'd have found that interesting. But, but, but of course, they're only going to pitch one inning. So, well, um, yeah. well, it's not Otani because Otani is slated to pitch for the Angels on Friday. So, they uh, rest my case. They don't. They don't want him pitching on uh, on Tuesday uh, off his normal rest. And uh, the team with the uh, worst again, again the team the, with the worst record in baseball since they fired their manager wants to have him ready to go on on Thursday. Okay. Well, um, of interest, perhaps. You know who's who's the first guy Kershaw is going to face tomorrow night? Otani or tonight rather, Otani who's the leadoff hitter for the uh, American League as the DH. Um, and his ha what has happened to his, uh, his offensive uh, output? He's, he, last year, he was a hitter first and a pitcher second, and this year it's switched. Yeah. He's a, he's a great pitcher and a pretty lousy hitter. 
Well, obviously, this all-star baseball game thing means something because we spent 22 minutes talking about it. Well, no, no, no hold on. <laughs> no, we spent 22 minutes slagging it. No. <laughs> Some of us somebody suggested it. Somebody suggested this is a topic. <laughs> I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> I was it you, Hodge? Is that what you're saying? I didn't get a chance to weigh in on... Uh, on Montoyo's firing last week, so no wait, wait, just just wait. Come on, Dave. I guess we, I we, still have another we have another no. segment. All right. Oh, good. If we're 22 minutes in, it's time to take a break. See, Dave tells used, me that kind of stuff. Dave, Dave, Dave isn't used to controlling the narrative. He's so used to being the host controlling the narrative. Now he want he's already decided to shift it. So that's good. That's well, well, I, I like his narrative. So I, I waited 22 minutes, John, which is usually longer than I normally wait. <laughs> well, that's good. All right, that, too, that, that too is a good point. <laughs> well, if the three of you will shut up for two seconds, we'll take the break and we'll come back with uh, Dave Hodge and uh, Steve Simmons back after this. Uh, we're back, McCowan, Shannon, Hodge, Simmons, and we're well. We were talking about the All Star Game. We've exhausted that topic for another year oh, but we'll probably man. be back here again next year saying the exact same things um mr hodge um i'm deferring to um um the senior member of the of the group oh. um wants to talk about montoyo and his dismissal because he didn't get a chance to last week uh and i think it's a, a perfectly valid topic for at least the next little while why do you think he got fired, Dave? Uh, well, the front office uh, um, installed the manager that it wanted and eventually uh, realized that um, it needed uh, the manager that the team needed. Uh, some leadership in the dugout was necessary. And um, so uh, the front office reluctantly had to, uh, had to agree that uh, it made a mistake. I mean, I think, I, I don't think Charlie Montoyo deserved to be fired as such. I just don't think he deserved to be hired. Uh, and um, the dugout was being run by everybody but the manager. And we'll see whether that changes now um, with, uh, with, with Schneider. But, you know, one interesting point was, we're back to Guerrero again, but he was widely quoted earlier in the season as saying he he didn't like to hit higher than third. He wanted to be up in the first inning, but he wanted to see two batters ahead of him. Immediately after the managerial change, where's Vladimir Guerrero batting? Second in the order. And the last game that Charlie Montoyo managed what might have been Vladimir Guerrero's most embarrassing game at home anyway. Three awful strikeouts, uh, a play at first base that was uh, sloppy, fielding um and vladdy was basically yelling at the dugout don't bother challenging because i missed the base couldn't you see that with all your cameras and telephones and everything else and then there's i'm told vladdy got to the dugout montoyo approached him and vladdy dismissed him with a swipe of the hand and somebody upstairs said if there needed to be a final straw we need somebody running the dugout and can't be one of our players. Well, I believe the decision to fire him was made after they were swept in Seattle. And they would have done it then, except the next day was the funeral of the daughter of the first base coach. So they mm -hmm. weren't going to do it at that point. The team was going to, to, I think, Virginia for the funeral and then coming home the next day. And so they went one more day and then they come off that horrible road trip uh, and really not a good first half of the season in many different ways. And then they have the game you're talking about, Dave, with the incidents. And I think the whole Guerrero Bichette, you know, these are our guys that we are building this whole thing around. Neither of them are having good years. Neither of them look disciplined. Neither of them uh, have focus at times. Why is that? It's we have to change the leadership here and hope that either John Schneider or who manages the team going forward um, will be someone who can bring these young pieces, these young stars back to where they need them to be. And I, I truly believe that that night, as you point out, Dave, and I, and I wrote that in, in my column, 
the day of the firing that, you know, this is this was so much about Vladdy Guerrero and so much about this player that they're going to be, you know, linking their entire future to. And this manager, you know, you can be in favor of Charlie Montoyo or against him. The one thing he lacked from the day he got here to the day he got fired was presence. And he didn't have that. And when you needed him to have that, he wasn't able to do that. And so even managing a team where you're told what the batting order is and you're told what the analytics are and you're told who to, who to pitch when and how many pitches each guy is allowed and, and someone else is calling all your shots for you, you still need to have some form of presence. He, unfortunately for Charlie, he didn't have that. Well, to, be the devil's ad, to, to be the devil's advocate, Dave, the fact that Guerrero uh, you know, waved Montoya aside and they fired Montoyo, doesn't that tell you that the players are running the asylum at, at, to, to some level? Well, except that if you're waiting for Charlie Montoyo to uh, stand up to Vladimir Guerrero and uh, show that the players aren't running the, the, uh, the dugout, then you're waiting forever. You need somebody else to be able to do that. And as I say, the change in the batting order may be a small thing, but yeah. I noticed it right away. And um, what we don't know is whether a new manager, um, given the fact that he was already there, it's not somebody new coming in and cracking the whip, and this isn't the guy who's going to do that anyway. What we don't know is whether this will make any kind of a big difference because you certainly can't base it on what happened uh, against Kansas City. You know, they won three games. They might have lost three games to a – uh, undermanned team um and um the boy oh boy i'll tell you what don't don't accuse me of changing the, the narrative again but vaccination is going to be a fascinating part of the rest of this season mm-hmm. uh, who's traded um uh, robbie ray's unvaccinated right we understand that don't we I wasn't even aware of that. Well, I mean, he didn't even bother. He wasn't going to pitch, but he didn't even bother making the trip uh, to to Toronto. So let's imagine Seattle is playing a best of three series in Toronto, first round of the playoffs. Is Robbie Ray going to pitch? And well, how's better. he going to pitch? The answer is he pitch? better. How's he going to pitch if he can't get into the country? Well, that's just it. If he's not vaccinated, he ain't pitching. Well, uh, the, Same so the situation boss, with, with someone like Adam Benatendi right now, who's available for anybody in a deal, and he's unvaccinated, and therefore the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, all these teams are not really looking at him in the same way, because if they have to play Toronto somewhere along the way, or if they have a series against Toronto, then he's not going to be eligible. Unless the governments change their rules. Yeah. Well, and, and the rules are the same on both sides. Yes, I know. That's why I said governments. I wonder whether Major League Baseball, uh, at some point, I guess it would have had to have taken place already, at least the beginning, would try to negotiate somehow with the government to say, could we get an example? I mean, could Robbie Ray fly here, get in a limo from, from an airplane, go to pitch, get back in the limo, get back on the plane, and go home? Um, because, it, it, I mean, it... it this affects so much of what we would normally call integrity of, uh, of a ba- baseball season to see, uh, you know, the, the competition be, be affected this way. The Red Sox, Tanner Houck didn't come when the Red Sox played in Toronto. And he was, I don't think I've seen more vicious treatment of one player by by a media uh, city, Steve. Maybe I'll accept you. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, Tanner Houck is called quitter now in Boston. You know, personal yeah. freedom. Okay, it extends only so far as the time that you quit on your team, and then but here, but here's damn the your personal freedom. And it's, that one game could cost Boston a playoff spot. If you're Novak Djokovic and you're one of the best, if not the best tennis player in the world, and you don't want to 
get vaccinated. That's your personal choice. Then when you get banned from playing at Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or wherever, that affects you. It doesn't really affect anyone else. It might affect your sport, but it doesn't affect you. If you're a Kansas City Royal and you choose not to get vaccinated and your team comes into Toronto to play and 10 of you aren't there, then your personal choices now are not just affecting you, they're affecting all of the people you play with and you're affecting your entire fan base. So I think that personal choice decision is great if it's just about an individual. This is a team sport and you sign up for team rules and the team rules say to, in order to go there, you have to be vaccinated. Therefore, I think you're letting your team down if it's your choice to, to not get vaccinated. The point well, being that it would have been a bigger issue if Kansas City was in a pennant race. Well, Whit, Whit Merrifield uh, admitted, he's not very popular in Kansas City either, said if I was on a contender, maybe I'd have been vaccinated. Oh. So well, I could I think, play in meaningful games. Well, yeah. The, the point is it's Kansas City, a last place team that yeah. has no aspirations to go anywhere. So you, you don't pay that much attention to it. If they, were, if they were battling for a playoff spot, boy, this would have been a big topic. Well, you miss it, one it, guy, it's a, it's a topic. Ten guys. Ten guys. It would have been huge. Yeah, but, but let's not let, let's not be let's not be myopic about playoff contention because you, you know and I, listen what what the the Jays won four or five was it or whatever three or four three, three or four, four. Uh, three out of four um um you know and they probably should have won the other one even though they didn't hit very well uh, that affects the American League East the other way. It affects the other teams. It doesn't just sure. affect Kansas City and Toronto. It affects the whole American League playoff system. Well, and that becomes a bigger issue. It's interesting. The Red, the Red Sox, Alex Cora has stated flatly that every player will be available to come to Toronto in the playoffs. So Tanner Hawk and Jaron Duran were the two that didn't come. And Alex Cora has said, you know, I can't tell you why, but I can guarantee that we will have full membership if we have to go to Toronto. Well, that tells me that short of holding these guys down on a table and sticking needles in their arms, that they're going to trade they, them. That, that or, or they've told, you know, they told Tanner Hawk, look, uh, and you can't get two vac, two, two shots the night before <laughs> and then fly into Canada. So this is, this has to have started already. And, um, but, you're, you're right, Steve, about Ben and Tendi. Like the Yankees would love to have this guy, so they don't have to have Joey Gallo in the lineup every night, uh, striking out. And the Yankees can afford him. And um, it's too late to say, "Hey, Andrew, would you like to be uh, a Yankee?" Well, you have to be vaccinated because he can't catch up to the vaccination schedule in time. The Blue Jays in the off season would probably love to bid on Ben Benintendi. He'd be a left-handed bat. Uh, he would be an improvement on Tapia, though Tapia's done a decent job. But unless all of this changes, he couldn't play one game for the Blue Jays anywhere. So they can't be the least bit interested in. And yet you go back to last weekend playing a semblance of the Kansas City Royals, a double-A, triple-A version of the Kansas City Royals, on Saturday, the Jays had to come from behind to win. And on Sunday, they had to come from behind to win. So they did win three or four, could easily, as, as, as either you or John pointed yeah. out, lost three or four, which tells me right now, I'm as worried about this team today as I was prior to the firing of Charlie Montoyo. Even though John Schneider's sitting here with a four and one record right now, it's a four and one record with an asterisk. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know uh, yet. Uh, we shouldn't overreact to the fact that uh, the Jays didn't slaughter Kansas City uh, because, I mean, the worst team in Major League Baseball wins one of every three games. Uh, so they had some major leaguers and they had their top minor leaguers, and you know, Kansas City. Yeah, they win one. Of, how many times can you assume that you're going to sweep a four-game series? Doesn't happen that often, so yeah. um, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't. Uh, the Jays, you know, have they lost three or four? Things would be different. But Steve, what you're saying is what I think I said earlier. We don't know yet 
at all what the managerial change will mean. And we won't know until starting this weekend when we see what happens in Boston and then they come home and they play the Cardinals. Uh, then they get a, what should be a break against uh, the Tigers, but I just said you can't assume a four-game sweep. So a lot has to still be, uh, be determined about, about this team. But I think they make the playoffs. I just don't know in what position. And I keep going back to the, the playoff system, and especially if the vaccination thing affects who plays where, uh, who's the home team and who's the visiting team, then it's going to be awfully interesting and important to see how those wildcard teams, one, two, three, line up. One of the intriguing things just in this conversation, during this conversation, you know, the the premise was suggested, and I think most of us generally agree with it, that the manager doesn't have the power or authority he once had, that the decisions for the most part are made by the front office, either certainly prior to the game, but also sometimes during the game. That being the case, the first thing this new manager did was change the lineup, um, a lineup that had to be endorsed by the front office. So, um, it, and two, it, and two of the players, Bob. It sounds like two of the players, both Bichette and Guerrero, bought in, right? Well, and maybe they bought in because they didn't like the former manager. Well, they bought um, in. They and bought and in I think there's a there's a lot of suggestion that that's true. That the players made this decision. They didn't like the former manager. They also go back with John Schneider to single A and double A and mm -hmm. a championship team. Uh, I forget the name of the league, but they, but they won a championship together with Pichette, Biggio, and Guerrero all on that team. And there's some other guys from the Jays pitching staff. That was New Hampshire, I think. Group, group as well. So the the, there's, a history, the there's a history here with John Schneider and Vladdy Guerrero. And that's one of the reasons I think John Schneider and not Pete Walker and not someone else is managing the Jays today. But the lesson to this front office is never mind what comforts you. Um, you... you you need a manager that is um, going to win games and going to control the dugout. And you think they told John uh, Schneider in his first game to watch a hit and run a couple of times, which you hardly ever saw before. You think they told him that Guerrero should bat second instead of third? No. I'm guessing. I'm guessing he had some input into oh, he the way he was going to manage. And I'm guessing that um, Charlie Montoyo didn't because he wasn't allowed to have that. And maybe the front office felt he didn't deserve that, which goes back to my point. I don't think he deserved to be hired to manage this team. Charlie Montoya managed scared. That's how he managed, I found. And, and being around the team, it always felt like that he was a bit tense. He was very good at dealing with Buffalo and Dunedin and you know, keeping things on a, an even Keel, if you want to call it that, when they didn't have home games. Um, but when so he how did he get a renewal? How did he get a contract extension? Because the, the front office continued to be comfortable with him in the dugout until the front office wasn't. Well, I okay. understand what and, and, no, well, they, they, they were comfortable until the players said, we don't like this guy. At some no, point, somebody that. said something or they asked. Well, they showed that. We saw they, that. The players got rid of Charlie. They showed it with their play. But understand what, it, what, what an extension is in today's baseball economics. Charlie Montoya is, is a low-paid major league manager. He's probably making just over a million dollars. What's a million dollars to a baseball team today? That's one-tenth of a relief pitcher. Yeah, but they renewed this that's, guy. They gave this guy a new two-year contract. I know that's pocket money, Bob. In the well, big I get it, but they still endorsed this guy as the manager at the time, until the players said, get rid of him. At the time, I, I wrote there was no reason to extend him because why not make a decision at the end of this season? And they wound up making the decision in the middle of the season. I hate to say nice guys finish last, but you know, if you have to put a face to that saying in today's baseball, that's true. it yeah. was him. Uh, look, we just got a few minutes left. Uh, Soto, uh, do we, first of all, you got two and a half years left on his deal. So forget the 440 million. You're getting a player that you would have for two full seasons and a stretch run, um, who is obviously an extremely good player. Are the, should the Blue Jays be 
in that discussion. Steve? Uh, think, the, the, think, sorry, Dave. Yankees and Dodgers are the only teams that are really in the discussion, I think. I think as, you get, as usual. You get yeah. in it no different than, you know, the Raptors get in on Kevin Durant kind of thing. And then you look at, you, know, you talk to the national, you always find out what's it going to cost. What's it going to cost for two things? One, to bring him in here. How long do you get him for? And is it in any way possible to sign him? Uh, and if you sign him, who then, who then are you getting rid of because you're signing him? Uh, you know, the one thing about baseball that we've certainly discovered in, over time, you know, forever, is that one player doesn't change teams. It's not basketball. It's not a one-man sport. Um, and so you, but you still, you do your due diligence, whether that's Mark Shapiro dealing with, you know, the Washington people or Ross Atkins dealing with the Washington people. You find out what it is they like from your team, what you might be able to, to deal with. Will it cost you just prospects? Will you have to give players off your roster? Like there's a lot of different things that play into, you know, and if you get them for two years at, at a reasonable cost now, that's worth it if you're not losing players from your current roster. Well, you are. You're going to lose Guriel. You're going to lose Biggio and probably three or four draft uh, picks or minor league players. Yeah, you'll have to. They'll have to empty their 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 farms. Anybody will. I mean, the Yankees' mm -hmm. top three or four prospects automatically in a deal. Um, but uh, you know, the Yankees are the Yankees. They'll find the money and um, they'll stick them in left field and and probably resign them. I I, I just. You know, you like to think that the Blue Jays play uh, at those heights when players like this become available. But, you know, the Blue Jays didn't or couldn't resign Semyon. They didn't or couldn't resign Ray. Um, you know, they went and got Barrios and they got Gosman, and this is fine. But this is, in some people's minds, the best player in baseball. Well, Juan Soto. If I'll he's not now, he, he is soon to be. And, uh, I I think that's that's what the Yankees and the Dodgers are all about. How about an outfield of Soto, Judge, and and Stanton? Well, I got news <laughs> for you. If they sign Soto, Judge walks. Yeah, they they can't afford them both. I mean, just, just short term, even. I, I'm, Judge I'm might watching, walk anyway. I'm Judge watching that. Anyway. I'm watching that every every night. I mean, that's just you know that's just fun. Well, we, we will watch over the next while. Trade deadline is what, August 2nd, I think? Mm -hmm. 2nd, August 2nd. I, I tell you what, Quick. for a sport that people, for a sport that is, you know, people claim is dying and it's losing its market and not, no young kids, this money is unbelievable yeah. how much money is in baseball, particularly since their new collective bargaining agreement. It's crazy. Well, the, the, one, the one question I'll leave you with, wrap it all up. Is Juan Soto vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good and one. Can you even ask him? Yes. Well, you if he ask, ain't and he answer. won't, then he ain't coming here. I don't think he's coming <laughs> here anyway, but uh, we got to get out of here. Um, okay. We thank you uh, as always. And um, yeah, if and when there's a Soto deal of. Uh, of or or if there's a manager firing, where if there's some managers getting fired, we have to get Dave on because he needs to no, have no. his time. Yeah. Here's what here's what you need to do. You need to email me later tonight and tell me what happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dave, Dave will be otherwise engaged tonight, ladies and gentlemen. In the game. Packing or yeah. something. Um, yeah. Thank you, boys. We'll talk okay. again soon. Steve Simmons, Dave Hodge. We'll be back after this. Uh, we are back. Uh, again, our thanks to our pals, uh, Dave Hodge and Steve Simmons. For oh, okay. Us. So you didn't answer the question that you asked. What was that? Would you inquire about Soto yeah. for the Toronto Blue Jays? And you know, I, I, um, the, I guess the honest answer is, I've thought about this now for two or three days, and I can't come up with what I think is the right answer. Uh, Soto is a, appealing to me. I don't care that he's. What I like is you get two and a half years of him. What I don't care is what it's going to cost me. Um, and it's going to cost you over $30 million a year on a long-term contract, maybe 35, maybe even 40 million. You know, maybe he wants 400 million for 10 years instead of 440 for 15. 
I, I, at this point, you're going to have to make decisions on Guerrero and Bichette mm-hmm. about that same time. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm not worried about that. It's not because of the money. You make $17 million now. Blue Jays could find $17 million. Yeah. What, I, what, I, what concerns me is the Blue Jays' needs are in the bullpen and in the starting rotation. Yeah. To make a deal for a left fielder of that point, it just seems like well, avoiding and don't, the problem. Don't you think, don't, don't you think Bob, uh, I mean, what you would have to give up uh, of your bright young stars, some of them, um, guys you've nurtured, guys you, you've invested in, w- wouldn't that defeat the purpose of what you've been trying to sell for the last three or four years? Well, you're giving up guys. That, the only peop, uh, players that would be known here would be probably Guriel and, and Biggio, who are the guys at the major league roster. They're not going to, uh, you can't give Mourinho in, in, can't put Moreno in that deal. And is name another high draft pick that most Blue Jay fans know. You know, they've got a, they've got a couple of really extraordinary young pitchers in, I think, a ball right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, I think, might be going to double A. One of those is going to go. But futures are futures. You know, you wouldn't have traded Nate Pearson. And Nate Pearson has contributed zero. And probably over the course of his career, with due respect, will contribute zero. Yeah. So you don't know, but prospects are prospects. Soto's, Soto's the real deal. Now, I love Guriel, And you can make the argument that Guriel is plenty good enough. I might be more inclined to to go to right field. Hernandez. And you know why? Because I keep saying because, well, you're gonna have to sign, you're gonna have to pay him some big money. You have to pay point. him a whack of dough, and he's yeah. a real good player, but he's yeah. not Soto. No. So it's a real interesting conundrum. And that's why I'm saying right now, I'll be intrigued to see how this evolves because I don't know what the right answer is. We got to get hey, out of here, John. What tomorrow? Jeff Gorton. One of the very first interviews he's done since uh, all the stuff in Montreal. We'll Vice President of Hockey Operations for Montreal Canadiens. Look forward to chatting with him. We thank you for watching or listening. For Shannon, Callum, goodbye.